Welcome back, guys, to the Mac Bandwagon Podcast. This is episode 21. I'm your co-host, as usual, back at it, Sam Thoen, with my usual co-host, Zach Foley. Zach, how are you doing on this fine day? I'm fantastic, man. It's uh, it's Thanksgiving week. Uh, we were talking before the show. We were, we were both very fond of Thanksgiving. I'm looking forward to Thursday, football and, uh, you know, feast and all day so uh looking forward to that looking forward we got some good mac football matchups this week we got the first mac basketball games this week there's a lot going on uh it's a great time of the year to be a sports fan you know we got football going we got college basketball starting we got all this stuff happening it's just one of my favorite times of the year man yeah it's honestly weird recording this on a tuesday so we're sorry if we miss any news between now and then it's just the Thanksgiving week. I I um recently I today just um got home from school for the Thanksgiving break and whatnot. It's just a crazy time. So hopefully there's no major news break. But again, as you mentioned, basketball is coming back this week. Football is coming back this week. So Zach, if you just want to kick this episode off, we can just jump right into the general news. Yeah, we had a lot of news this week, uh, a lot of stuff that came out uh, here the last couple of days from the Mac. Uh, first one being, uh, Sam, you're talking, you know, for talking about Mac football, uh, the uh, uh, Mac football championship game, uh, the time and date and TV information was uh, was set. Uh, this came out uh, earlier today on uh, on Tuesday. Uh, they did determine that the Mac championships game is going to be at Ford Field Friday, December 18th, uh, week before Christmas. Uh, at 7.30, it is going to be on ESPN. So they are going to be on uh, the, the flagship there uh, on Friday night at 7.30 in prime time. So pretty good time slot for the Mac. I think there'll be a lot of eyes on Ford Field uh, that evening. Uh, I know we're all looking forward to that game. It's going to be really interesting to see how these next three weeks play out to see who's there uh, that Friday night, Sam. No doubt. And I thought they got an excellent time slot. It's not too early. It's not too late. It's on ESPN of all things. You get primetime coverage, no matter whether it's Western Michigan, Kent State, Buffalo, whoever it is. I think it's just going to be great, not only for the teams that make it, but for the conferences in general and the players as well. You only get those six regular season games and then cap it off with this. So the more exposure, the better. I think I think this is going to be one of the best Max Championship games we've seen. Based on the, the the performances we've had, just I, I'm I'm ready for it to come. Yeah, I am too, man. And I I agree with you completely about being a good time slot because I think you know back if you went back ten or twenty years or whatever, you'd probably you know it was always more traditionally you'd always want the Saturday time slots. But now college football on Friday nights is so normal. Every Friday there's a college football game on. So like people are used to seeing college football on Fridays to be able to get seven 30 primetime slot on ESPN, not even ESPN two or ESPN U, the main network ESPN that's big for the conference. There's going to be a lot of people watching that night. And uh, you know, the conference has plenty of uh, a firepower and plenty of stars this year to be able to put on a show as we've seen through three weeks. No doubt. And I think it's a bonus that the only other conference championship game we will be competing against is the American athletic. So we're not, they're not competing with the big 10, big 12, whatever those, those uh, big names, American athletic is still a solid conference. No, no doubt. I think we can both agree there, but it's not going to pull. It's not going to take away as many viewerships. So I think, I think this is just a solid win for the conference all around. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be uh, 
a good uh, a, a good showing, a good time slot for the conference, a good uh, chance to uh, showcase the best of what the conference has to offer on the football field. No doubt. And Zach, if you want to touch on Matt, the Mac recently announced an attendance policy for this upcoming basketball season, if you want to re- relay that information. Yeah, no, no surprises here and uh, nothing we need to, you know, spend a lot of time talking about, Sam. But um, I don't think any surprise, like I said, uh, the Mac announced today that the, the general public will not be permitted for um, you know, basketball games here until further notice. Um, each student athlete uh, will get four tickets uh, for, for family members to attend the game. So they are going to allow family members of the teams to attend. Um, but it's going to be um, it's going to be uh, contained to, to just that for now. No general public, no students, none of that. Um, the pep band, the dance cheer squad, stuff like that. Um, that's going to be at the discretion of each individual school. If, you know, if they feel comfortable allowing that, then they will allow it, but it's not something that the the conference, you know, is against or, or something that they banned. Um, but so, yeah, for now, it's just going to be, uh, families of, of, of the student athletes, uh, on the teams, no general public. I don't, I don't think there's any surprises there really, Sam. Yeah, I don't think there's any surprises uh, in the county, which I'm from. Uh, COVID's been increasing and whatnot. They even show they even went back to uh, online for my high school. But I, I think I think I'm just waiting to hear from Ball State whether you can uh, buy a cutout because I would consider buying a cutout depending on the price. If it's sure, like a yeah. hundred bucks, maybe not. But if it's <laughs> a cool, like nice little 10, 15 bucks put my cutout on the stands. I get to keep it afterwards. It's a nice little moment to little memento to uh, kind of recap the season later down life. Yeah. Not bad. Not a bad idea at all. It'd be not a, you know, cool, cool thing to do. And uh, it's a, it's a decent way for the, the, the athletic department to, you know, be able to, to make a little money there too. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know, maybe as the season unfolds, if things improve, maybe they'll eventually let students in. Um, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that one. No doubt. And if you want to touch on a uh, women's basketball, we've got some women's uh, Mac news uh, coming out from the Mac. Yeah, for sure. So um, first off, I uh, wanted to make sure I, I said this. So last week, James and I touched on the men's basketball, the preseason coaches poll came out last Wednesday. So we touched on that last Thursday when we recorded uh, the, the women's poll came out Thursday evening, like as we were recording. So we didn't get to touch on it. So just wanted to make sure we got that out there that, you know, we, we didn't forget about you. We weren't skipping over the women's basketball poll. Just uh, it just happened to come out a little bit later last week. But anyway, uh, so it did come out uh, last Thursday and uh, Central Michigan was picked the, the conference preseason champion. Uh, they got 142 uh, points in the preseason poll and 10 first place votes. Uh, they were followed up uh, by Ohio in second, Ball State in third, Buffalo in fourth and Eastern Michigan rounding out the top five uh, with 94 points. Uh, The preseason All-Mac first team uh, included Oshlin Brown from Ball State, the senior forward, uh, sophomore guard Diasha Fair from Buffalo, uh, senior guard Michaela Kelly from Central Michigan, redshirt junior forward Erica Johnson from Ohio, and senior guard CeCe Hooks from uh, Ohio as well. So uh, Sam, any surprises here uh, from your perspective, and, and how do you see the the women's basketball season playing out this year in the MAC? Uh, I don't I don't know if there's any surprises. I'm recently just getting into the women's space and whatnot. Last year, I, I saw a couple of Ball State games, um, but I thought what was interesting is Ohio has two first team players on it. You've got a 
a uh, forward, Erica Johnson, redshirt junior, and Sierra Hooks, a senior guard. And I saw our, um, uh, our uh, friend of the show, JL Curvin, tweet out that both of those should be in the running for Mac Player of the Year. So Ohio looks like a really good shot to do some damage in there. Central Michigan, uh, I'm pretty sure everybody knows the dominance of Central Michigan uh, basketball. But I got to give some shout out to Ball State as well. They had a great showing out last year. I expect Oshlin Brown to just be amazing like she was last year. Yeah, I, I expect this this women's basketball season to be really fun to watch this season. Yeah, for sure. And and I think for me, Ohio is the team to watch. And you mentioned that, you know, having two uh, two players on the first uh, first team all-conference with uh, Erica Johnson and CeCe Hooks. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to watching them. Um, I, I, you know, this, I, this will be the first season of, of women's basketball that I'll really have the chance to follow closely here in the MAC. So I'm really looking forward to it. I know there's a lot of talent in the conference. I uh, really looking forward to, to watching central Michigan and Ohio. And, uh, you obviously, you know, you mentioned Oshlin Brown at, at ball state as well. So a lot of talent there at the, in, in this conference. I'm excited to watch it this year, see how the season plays out. No doubt. And to round out our general news segment, we've got some actual cross country uh, news to cover. Yeah, big news here. Actually, the first uh, actual MAC champion of, of the fall season was was crowned uh, this past weekend when Northern Illinois uh, captured their first ever MAC women's cross country championship. Uh, the Huskies finished the day with a total of eighty four points. Um, with Toledo uh, came in second there, um, and Bowling Green came in third, Miami in fourth, Ball State in fifth. Uh, but a c- congratulations to the Huskies. Like I said, is their first uh, title in uh, in uh, program history. Um, Ashley Tut finished the race, uh, her race in second place uh, with a time of 20 minutes and 52 seconds, uh, and teammate Mackenzie Callahan finished right behind her at 2104. Um, Adrian Myers from uh, Northern Illinois was named coach of the year uh, at the conclusion of the race. Uh, this was the first time he received that honor as well. Uh, so yeah, Northern Illinois, congratulations to the Huskies. Congratulations to coach Myers. Always um, a, a great thing whenever you can bring a, a conference title back home and uh, for the, to do it for the first time in, uh, in program history is a special thing, Sam. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, shout out to Northern Illinois. Once again, I'm not too familiar with uh, cross country, but I'm, I'm hoping as we do this podcast, I can get a little bit more familiar with it, how it works, maybe even go to a meet or two before I graduate. Because I, th- I think uh, every sport deserves some attention and whatnot. And cross country, like the other sports, I don't think gets the attention it rightfully deserves. Because outside of if, Outside, if the Macker Northern Illinois didn't tweet about it, I would have just not known about it. So I, I'm really excited to start learning more about these other sports other than just basketball and football. And yeah, shout out to Northern Illinois once again. Yeah, congrats to them. Uh, always, you know, always a, a great day for your program when you can bring them a conference title. Uh, to get the first one uh, in, in program history makes it even a little bit sweeter. Yeah, no doubt. And, and to wrap things up, uh, I, I think we're just going to cap it off with the Twitter question of the week. I thought it was interesting since we had both uh, week four of football and week one of basketball starting. I was like, which which are you looking forward to more? Mac basketball starting or or the rest of the Mac football season? Let us know why in the comments down below. We had four responses. Four, I would say four responses from our usual members. Uh, of course, if you want to be involved, 
uh, follow us on uh, at Mac underscore bandwagon to be involved. I put the Twitter questions out every Friday. Whatever me or Zach comes up with, it's out there on Friday. So be sure to get involved. You get your Twitter handle shout out. Why not? So Zach, if you want to run through the the names and the replies real fast. Yeah, sure. Of course. Um, first off, we have a uh, friend of the show, uh, Tiger Mask. Everyone remembers uh, Akron Esports head coach is on the show. Uh, a couple a uh, couple months back and he said i'd say mac rocket league but zips esports already won uh, shout out to the zips esports program we we've talked about them before and, and their dominance uh, not just in the mac but nationally uh when it comes to, to esports and, and rocket league specifically so congrats to them for uh, for a title there in uh in, in mac rocket league this year in the fall yeah, no doubt. I mean, what what more can you say other than Akron's just really good at esports? They're just so dominant. It's not just a a um, they're just not Mac dominant. They're what, nat- like, na- what nationally like yeah. nationally dominant. Yeah, I mean, they're they're an incredible program. So so shout out to them. They 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 really have have built a solid program there. No doubt. And we move over to Western Michigan with our boy at Maniacal. Yeah, he said too close to call. Uh, WM football is undefeated, so can't wait to see how that plays out. But basketball provides a lot of upcoming viewing opportunity. I got to tell you, Sam, for for someone that's a Western Michigan fan, I know uh, Western Michigan was picked last in the basketball preseason poll by a wide margin. So I'd think he'd be more pumped to watch the undefeated football team right now. Uh, given that the the uh, expectations for the basketball team this year are, are are rather rather low in in Kalamazoo, I will say though people did sleep on West, including myself. Western Michigan football was slept on by many. So I, until until Western Michigan basketball proves otherwise, I'm gonna I'm I'm riding the train. I'm gonna say they're at least decent at best because let's be honest. I don't know about you, Zach. I think I had Western Michigan finishing three and three and they're three and oh on the season. So at this point, I'm not writing off Western Michigan this early. This, this is 2020, the year of just wild and crazy. So, Hey, they could, they could be projected last, but Hey, they, by the time the season ends, they could finish first. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. And then they, they could, you're right. But you know, they're, they're replacing longtime head coach, Steve Hawkins. He, he was uh, gone this off season. He's been, he had been the head coach since 2003. Clayton Bates guy uh, is, is the head man this year. Uh, he's going to be his first head coaching job ever. Uh, he's only been an assistant. So it will be interesting to see, but regardless, you're right. It, that, you know, that's why they play the games. You know what I mean? They, they, they could have a, have a, a Cinderella year this year and make a run in the Mac. Um, but, you know, I don't know. We'll see. The The Broncos football team has an opportunity right now in front of them to do something special and get the Ford field. So I, I, I would think that most Bronco fans would probably be looking forward to that right now. Yeah, no doubt. And it was funny. I, I think it was uh, we were having a Twitter conversation with Smaniacal about Western Michigan. It was during the simulation, I think, about running the to a national championship or whatever. And they, they've gone on this kind of magical run. Obviously, they're probably not going to reach the national championship, but I think a MAC championship appearance would be a nice kind of consolation prize for just the, the magnificent year Western Michigan has gone through. Oh, yeah, no doubt at all. I think, I think uh, getting to Ford Field uh, for the Broncos this year would be a very successful season. No doubt. And when, now we're moving on to our, uh, our uh, friend of the show, Reese Timbrook. 
who's a who's been commenting for several weeks as well. Yeah, yeah he said I'm a B- BGSU fan, so yeah, there's your answer. I, <laughs> I think that explains it in itself. I, I think that 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 tweet right there could very succinctly kind of sums up the feelings of the Falcons fan base right now. I think for a school that's usually so pumped about football. I think it's kind of flipped right now. Obviously, you know, they got Justin Turner coming back and a lot of people picking the Falcons to, to win the Mac this year and go to the NCAA tournament for the first time in a really long time. So, yeah, I think uh, it's a good thing for, for the Falcon fans that they have basketball to look forward to right now because uh, football so far this year, it's not been pretty. And Zach, you, like two weeks ago, this just brings me back to another. It's just like I can't get past the comparison to Akron. And this just elevates it because when you look at Akron, their basketball team is so incredible. They have Lauren Christian Jackson, one on their fo- football team was so bad for so long. And Bowling Green seems in the same place. They're picked by many to, to win the MAC this year in basketball. Their football team, we all know how that's going. Many have predicted them to go winless this year. I think the comparisons to Akron just like, it, I, in my mind just keeps going back, back to that. Yeah, you're right. And, and there, there are a lot of similarities there right now. I think the thing about the one thing that's a little bit different that makes Bowling Green even a little bit more surprising to me is that like for, for Akron, that's not necessarily unusual. Like they're a basketball school, like they're always pretty good at basketball and their football team is average at best to below average at Bowling Green. It's usually like football is the, the, the good program. And then basketball is just kind of there but now it's like basketball's kind of flipped and taken that role at bowling green right now while the football program's down a little bit yeah no doubt and our final uh responses uh at coach maction i'm i'm gonna assume he's a kent state guy because of his logo he says i'm looking forward to the football season playing out to completion more than the start of basketball don't want to take anything for granted anymore yeah, that's a really good point there, too. I mean, we saw, what was it, like 13 games got canceled or postponed this past week. There's more of getting postponed this week. There's a bunch of basketball games that are already getting postponed. Yeah, Coach Maxson is right. You know, we, we can't take for granted the, the football season right now. Let's, you know, I, let's focus on, on getting to the end of that and getting the playoff and some of the bowls done uh, before we start you know, thinking about basketball too much. I, I tend to agree with him on that. Yeah, no doubt. We we recently just had our first MAC game canceled, Miami and um, Ohio University. So that that just kind of messes things up. So hopefully, I think I think I saw Ball State has zero um, athletes test positive. Knock on one. I got my desk here so far. <laughs> like so, hopefully we can get these games going off. Hopefully basketball. I saw. I saw Buffalo men and women bas- uh, basketball had to had to be canceled, unfortunately, due to uh, COVID numbers within the program. So that's unfortunate. But yeah, I agree with what you said, Zach, and what Coach Maxson said. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I we're looking. I mean, luckily we've only had the one cancellation thus far through three weeks. If we only have one more throughout the rest of the, you know, the remaining three weeks, I think everyone will consider that a successful season in the MAC. And with and with basketball season right around the corner, you can get some new clothes to rep your uh, basketball team. Homefield Apparel, the premier direct to customer clothier for college sports fans, and Hustlebelt have partnered for an exclusive original line of T-shirts. 
pick up your Tuesday night or Jolly Blogger shirt on homefieldapparel.com now, and you can save 20% off your entire first purchase using promo code HUSTLE. Every shirt you buy helps us out at the blog, and you'll feel good too. Thanks to Homefield's exclusive 52% cotton, 48% polyester blend. Prep the best little blog in the Midwest today by going to homefieldapparel.com and using promo code HUSTLE. And with that being said, we're gonna we're gonna touch about some some week four football action news. Zach, if you want to kick it off with our Friday matchup of the week. All right, Sam. So kicking off week four of uh, action this week on Friday, uh, Central Michigan travels to Ypsilanti to take on Eastern Michigan. Uh, that game kicks at four o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Central Michigan currently a seven and a half point favorite at FanDuel. Uh, the total sitting at 59 and a half. Uh, this is an interesting matchup here, Sam. Uh, Central Michigan comes in. Uh, they're at, sitting at two and one after last week's 52-44 loss to Western Michigan and Eastern Michigan. Uh, you know, Chris Creighton's squad, they're really desperate for a win right now. Uh, they're 0-3 after last week's 45-28 loss to uh, Toledo. Um, I don't know about you, Sam, but if I was an Eastern Michigan fan, uh, that performance last week concerned me a little bit. That that was the first game this season that the Eagles really weren't competitive in, you know, against Kent State and Ball State. They had leads in both of those games and just kind of let them slip away in the second half. Toledo, you know, they raced out. They were up 24-7 at halftime in this one. It was 38-13 at one point. I mean, this one was never really close. So um, Eastern Michigan really looking to bounce back this week in this one against uh, against Central Michigan. Um, what are your thoughts on this one here, Sam? Obviously, Central Michigan, uh, you know, this is a two, two teams. Um, Central Michigan is a little bit more high scoring. They're averaging 38 a night. Uh, Eastern Michigan only 27.3. Eastern Michigan really struggling to run the ball right now. Uh, nobody really getting much done on the ground for the Eagles. How do you see this one playing out? Uh, I, I think it's as simple as I think Central Michigan uh, has gets it done, to be frank. I think what Central Michigan has been able to do without David Moore being there has been super impressive. You, Central Michigan uh, could could potentially be three and zero if David Moore would have um, started last week's game. I think you could make a case for. It. We don't know. Obviously, he's still doing it with this stuff. But Zach, I wanted to get into it with Eastern Michigan because first two games you mentioned it. You kind of touched on, on my point. I'm about to touch. Uh, Kent, they had that four point loss against Kent State, who's three and zero right now, and that Ball State game, which they maybe should have won, came down to a close um, last drive. Is this Eastern Michigan team good or not? Because I, I just haven't figured out, or was it a case of Toledo just needing a win for um, just expectation's sake? I think this Eastern Michigan team is just, there's there's a lot of inexperience here. They're, they're a young team, right? They're, you know, replacing a lot of talent from last year on both sides of the ball. And I think they're learning how to win. I think those first two weeks um, were that's, you know, when you losing second half leads like that, that's kind of a sign of, of a young team. Right. And then against Toledo, I just think they kind of ran into a buzzsaw there. How, you know, you mentioned it. Toledo knew that they let one slip through their fingers 
uh, two weeks ago against uh, Western Michigan and Kalamazoo. Obviously, you know, you're up 10 minutes, you're up 10 there with, uh, you know, a minute left in the game. You expect to win that football game, obviously, like 99% of the time. So uh, Toledo, I think, probably just had a, a very focused week of preparation this, this past week. And, uh, you know, they, they came out to play and it, sh it showed from the jump. And I, I just think uh, Eastern Michigan, you know, they, they were kind of on their heels all night because Toledo kind of smacked them in the mouth uh, at the start of the game. And um, they were kind of playing catch up all night and they just weren't able to, to, to really ever put anything together. Yeah, and, but I think the one bright spot, if you're an Eastern Michigan fan, has to be the play of Preston Hutchinson. He's only a junior right now. With this eligibility, I'm really not sure how that's going to work moving forward, whether he would be considered a senior next year and they just add one on. I'm not really sure at this point. But, like, the way he's just been able to perform on this team, I think, has to just be the bright spot if you're looking at this for an Eastern Michigan fan. Now, you're 0-3. You can't be too happy as an Eastern Michigan fan. I, I would like to say I'm right and say that Eastern Michigan wasn't going to do well this season because I kind of <laughs> was. But the point remains is I think Eastern Michigan fan moving forward, even if you kind of run out this season as just whatever, Preston Hutchinson moving into next season – definitely has to be something you're excited about moving forward. I agree completely. Yeah. He um, he's really proven himself to, to be a quality starter in this league. Not only has he, he proven himself through the air, but he's also the Eagles leading rusher, uh, which isn't really saying much. He only has 98 rushing yards, but uh, he also has four rushing touchdowns. So he's athletic. He is a dual threat quarterback. You can do some RPO stuff with him because he can make people miss and, and get out into space. Um, and he also has some good young receivers around him. Uh, you know, Connor New, uh, Hassan Badoon, these are all young receivers that are going to be here with him next year. But this passing attack has been a bright spot for Eastern Michigan through, uh, through three games. Um, I just, unfortunately, I, I think there's a, just a little bit more talent and a little bit more experience on the other side of the ball uh, for Central Michigan. I know Central Michigan's defense is coming off a, a performance where they gave up 52 points, but they were playing Western Michigan, who has, you know, their offense has proven to be pretty great. Uh, through three weeks. Um, and so I, I think, you know, I, I think Eastern Michigan's offense um, will be able to, to, to get some points in this game. Uh, but I think ultimately, you know, I can see Central Michigan pulling away in this one. I'm going to go with the Chippewas in this one here, Sam. I'm going to say uh, I'll go Central Michigan like 38-27. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's simple. I think Central Michigan has too much to play for in this game. Not only is it a Michigan rivalry game, but you're sitting at two and one Western Michigan's of course at three, and oh, you're still trying to play for that Detroit or, or bus kind of thing. You've got to win this game. It's an Eastern Michigan team. That's not really playing for anything. Sitting at zero and three other than not going winless. I think, I think central Michigan comes out here with all their weapons out here. Cleo Pimpleton, Kobe Lewis, you got Daniel Richardson, who's doing a pretty fine job, not to mention their defense as well, led by Troy Brown. I think Central Michigan has to win this game, and I think they have to make a statement that they're they're for real. So I think I'm I'm with you. I'm taking Central Michigan minus seven and a half. Yeah, I, I think we're uh, obviously in agreement there. Um, moving on to the the Saturday slate at noon on Saturday, uh, the Northern Illinois travels to Kalamazoo to take on Western Michigan at Waldo Stadium. That game kicks. Uh, like I said, at noon on ESPN plus uh, Western Michigan, uh, three and zero right now in first place in the West after last week's 
52 to 44 uh, victory uh, in Mount Pleasant over the Chippewas. Uh, Northern Illinois going in the other direction. They're 0-3 so far to start the year. They did play probably their best game of the season thus far last week against Ball State. Uh, they gave the Cardinals all they could handle, uh, ultimately ended up losing that one 31-25. Caleb Ellaby, the, the starting quarterback for Western Michigan, been one of the great stories of the, the conference so far through three weeks. Uh, he has been uh, quite incredible to, to, I mean, if, if he, you know, I don't think that's an exaggeration. He's 44 for 65, 928 yards, 11 touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, the true sophomore is, uh, is really coming into his own here uh, in his first full season as a starter for the Broncos. On the other side, uh, Sam, you know, we've talked about it a lot, but Northern Illinois really is, is just struggling right now. They're only scoring 21 points a night. They're giving up 40. Um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of young guys, a lot of youth on both sides of the ball. Ross Bowers has done some good things, but there's been some turnover issues. And, uh, you know, it really looks like this is a, just kind of a rebuilding year for the Huskies. Um, and, you know, it's reflected that, you know, the people, it looks like this one is, you know, obviously predicted to be not very close as well with Western Michigan being favored by 19 and a half. Yeah. And you know, what's impressive is we, we talk obviously about how just great Dustin Crum is heading into this year and whatnot. But Caleb Elby is beating Dustin Crum in not only yards uh, with uh, 928 to Dustin Crum's 838, 11 touchdowns to Dustin Crum's nine touchdowns, only one interception like Dustin Crum, and has a better QBR than Dustin Crum. So I think that just speaks to the level that Caleb Elby is playing at at this moment. And what's scary um, – about this Western Michigan team is not only the play of Caleb Elby, but the phenomenal job Dwayne Eskridge has done. I saw, I think he just recently accepted an invite to the senior bowl, which yeah. is shout out to him. Uh, definitely. He definitely deserves it, but 212 yards against central Michigan last week. Uh, you can't say enough good things about Dwayne Eskridge in this Western Michigan offense. Uh, yeah. I, I think like you, I expect Western Michigan to roll, What's what was what's scary to me is um, I didn't get a touch on it is that if it wasn't for that pick six by Ball State, Northern Illinois would have won that game. Mm-hmm. And so you can't you can't really take this uh, Northern Illinois, even though they're very inexperienced for granted. But at the same time, considering what Western Michigan's been able to do, do in the high level that Caleb Elby's been able to perform. I think Western Michigan should be able to live up to that 19 and a half uh, point spread. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying there, Sam. And yeah, I mean, just to, to touch on a couple other things with, with Caleb Ellaby there, you know, the, the thing that's that's crazy is that all of these numbers he's put up, he's done it while he they haven't really asked him to throw the ball a ton. He's only thrown 65 passes through three games. So, I mean, you do the math, that's just barely, that's like 22 passes a game. That's not a ton in, in modern day football. He's averaging 14.3 yards per completion or per attempt, excuse me. Think about this, Sam. He's thrown 65 passes on the season. 44 of those are completions of those 44 completions, 11 are touchdowns. So like one of every four passes that he completes is going for a touchdown right now. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible if, if you're Caleb Ellaby. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're the offense for Northern Illinois. I think they're going to keep it up this week 
or I'm sorry, the offense for Western Michigan, I should say, they're, they're going to keep it up this week. Um, Northern Illinois defense, you know, they, they've struggled all year. They, they, they showed some good, some flashes last week against Ball State. Um, but I still think uh, Caleb Ellaby and um, the, the guys on that they have on offense, there's just so much firepower here for Western Michigan. I don't think anyone's questioning this offense anymore. They've answered all the questions that we had. Um, they're going to put up a lot of points. I think Northern Illinois, you know, they, they found, they might've found a formula for, for success on offense last week against Ball State. You know, Ross Bowers did throw for 300 yards. Um, they, you know, they were getting the ball out of his hands quickly, making some short throws, some easy reads in the flats and, you know, over the middle, um, you know, they've had trouble protecting him. He's gotten sacked a lot. Um, so, you know, they were getting out of his, the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker, letting the, the, you know, his receivers run after the catch. Tyrese Ritchie had a nice night, 11 receptions for 108 yards. So I think with the short passing game, they might be able to move the ball a little bit on Western Michigan and they might put up some points. But I, I agree with you, Sam. I think uh, ultimately Western Michigan will pull away here. I'll, I'll say Western Michigan by three touchdowns, you know, I, you know, 40, 41, 20, something like that. Yeah, so and and I kind of feel bad for Northern Illinois with the schedule they've had. They had to play Buffalo, Central Michigan, Ball State. Doesn't get any easier this week. Western Michigan next week. You've got Toledo, and then finally you close it off with what may be a winless bowl, a winless like I don't even know what to call it. Winless like toilet bowl essentially. <laughs> like if you want to put it yeah. that way with Eastern Michigan and Northern Illinois to cap off the week. But what's crazy is um, uh, in our Huzzleball chat that uh, our boy, shout out to Dave Drury, put that a quarter, one-fourth of all points allowed by Northern Illinois has been by their offense throwing yeah. um, uh, pick sixes and fumble return touchdowns. So I think that's the key to success right there is not – not uh, letting uh, I don't I don't know how to phrase it like not letting the defense score essentially yeah not offense. giving the ball away not giving free points away yeah I mean you're right yeah it's it's I mean they had three against Buffalo uh, one last week uh, against uh, Ball State I think they had one against uh, Central Michigan as well if I'm if I remember correctly I mean it's been it's been bad and and you know there's just there's issues all over the place for Northern Illinois. Think they're getting better we, we saw some improvement last week but it, it's still you know they got a ways to go yeah no doubt and with that being said i think i think we switched over to bowling green at ohio zach what are your early thoughts on this matchup yeah you know uh I, ohio um the last time out against akron they, they didn't really impress me um they, they uh only oh, they beat the zips 24 to 10 um obviously the zip you know they, they they've turned in another decent performance since then so it's starting to look like maybe Akron's just a little bit better than we thought but still Ohio in that game they had every chance to pull away from the zips and they just weren't able to capitalize so here in this one against Bowling Green you know Ohio um, you know the current line on Fandle Ohio favored by 24 and a half uh, the total 54 and a half um, I, I, I think that's a bit much here I I don't think Ohio really has the firepower on offense to really blow anybody out this year um, you know, um, uh, Rourke has been, has been good. Uh, Armani Rogers has been okay as you know, they've kind of split time at quarterback. I think they should just go with Rourke full time and maybe that'll give their offense a little bit of a boost, but, um, you know, tug out of the backfield has been okay. They've been decent. They just, they don't seem to have like the, the explosiveness in the run game that you usually see from, from Frank Solich and his teams, the defense looks good. Um, 
Bowling Green, on the other hand, I think even though they, they lost by 25 to Buffalo last week, I think that was their best performance thus far. I think that was the first week where the offense looked competent, where Mac, you know, Matt McDonald seemed to, um, to make some plays. You know, he was 17 for 27 and threw, threw for over 200 yards. Um, Andrew Clare did some good things. So I think, I think Bowling Green can hang around in this game. I think they took a step in the right direction last week. And, and you know, if they can build on that, I think they can hang around a little bit with Ohio here, but I think Ohio will ultimately ultimately win this one by two touchdowns, something like that. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And Zach, I'm kind of, I, I not only was disappointed that Miami, Ohio and Ohio's game got canceled just because we're losing a match game and there's only six games in the season, but I want to know what this Ohio team is truly about this season because we, we saw a disappointing performance against Akron, but week one was an impressive showing against this against a Central Michigan team team who looks to be for real. So I'm not really sure what to make up for this team because a two-game sample size isn't really enough to judge a team based off of unless you have a, a two-game stretch like either a Buffalo or a Bowling Green. So I just wanted to see how they would stack up against a kind of middle of the road Miami, Ohio team with a, uh, I'm not sure whether Gabbert would have been playing or if he would have, um, Mayer would have been playing, but I would have just wanted to figure out what this team is made of and no offense to Bowling Green fans out there. You, you know, the season Bowling Green's had, I don't think we'll get to see how good Ohio is either this uh, season this week. Yeah. And, and the thing about Ohio is, uh, again, I mentioned like the offense, there's just not a lot of firepower there right now. I mean, they're, they're last in the conference in total offense with 326 yards a game. They're 10th in passing offense. They're uh, they are um, what are they? They're ninth in rushing offense. I mean, when was the last time Ohio's rushing offense has been ranked that low in the Mac since Frank Solich has been their coach? I mean, this is usually a team that, is, you know, running for five and a half yards per carry and 250 yards a game. They're averaging 147 yards on the ground right now. I mean, they just don't seem to have that same hard-nosed identity on offense. I mean, the, the defense um, is, is still good. They're still second in the league in, uh, in, in points per game on, on defense. And, uh, they're, they're, you know, the rush defense is, is struggling a little bit. But I think Ohio is just a team – that is, you know, I don't know, they're, they're in a team in transition a little bit right now. They've had to replace some guys on offense, obviously, last year. The defense lost some firepower as well. I still think for for this game, though, I think they have enough to get it done against the, uh, the Falcons. Yeah, no doubt. And, Zach, I want to pose this question to you. What do you think would be, would be considered a win? A, I wouldn't say, like, if they actually won it because that's obviously a win. But what in your mind – uh, what would you have to see out of the out of this team to be considered a win, even if they don't actually get the the win result in the? So I, I think what it is is you, the you got to see that kind of um, I don't know if you want to call it like a, a killer instinct or whatever, but like like I mentioned, you know, and we talked about this two weeks ago uh, when after you know Ohio played Akron, where you know they had chances in that game to pull away from Akron and and put some separation between them and kind of assert their dominance 
and, and kind of, you know, assert themselves as the better team. And they just didn't really do it. They didn't really seem to have that killer instinct. So like, that's what I would kind of look for in this game against Bowling Green, where it's another situation where, you know, you have more talent than this team, you know, you should win this game. Now go out there and out execute them and prove that you're the better team and really kind of, you know, get some separation to show that they're able to, to, to do that against these teams that they're better than. What about on the flip side, the other team? Because obviously you're sitting there at 0-3 Bowling Green. They've had a terrible season. I think every Bowling Green fan can agree. Like, even if they don't, even if they lose, let's say, let's say, let's say for this example, what's the spread looking at? 24 and a half. Let's say Bowling Green goes out there and loses 30 to 7, for example. What, Mm -hmm. what in your eyes would this Bowling Green have to show to be considered a not necessarily a win on the score sheet where they're one and three, but a win for this team moving forward? I, I think just a, another competitive outing. I think, you know, last week against Buffalo, like I mentioned, I think that was the best they've looked this year. So that was definitely a step forward. If they can take another step forward here against Ohio and and put in another competitive performance, you know, if they can keep this within two touchdowns and, um, you know, if the defense can get some timely stops, if the offense can put a couple of drives together and, and, and find the end zone, I think then, you know, then you see some things that are positives that you can build on moving forward if you're if you're coach Luffler. Yeah, no doubt. And now now to move on to the game, I think everybody is hyped for this kind of kind of the big game of the week. We've got Kent State playing at Buffalo, two undefeated Mac East teams going at it. Zach, what are your thoughts on this matchup? My well, my first thought is I can't wait to watch it. Um, I, this is going to be a great game, Sam. I'm really excited for this game. I, I don't think this is um, I don't think it would be an exaggeration to say that this is probably one of the biggest games in, in Kent State's program's history. I mean, they haven't played in a lot of big games this late in the year, uh, in, you know, in a long time. Um, obviously, you know, going up to Buffalo, uh, Kent State right now is a, a seven and a half point underdog in this game. Um, you know what, Sam, you know, people are expecting a lot of points in this game. The, the, the total right now is uh, 67 and a half. Um, I, but I think so. I think because of that, I think this, the story of this game is going to be defense, you know, is, is which defense is going to be able to, to put together a couple stops and, and allow their offense to, to kind of get some, uh, get some momentum going. Right. I think, you know, is, is Buffalo's passing defense going to be able to slow down Dustin Crum and Isaiah McCoy. And on the flip side, Kent State always struggles to stop the run. And if you struggle to stop the run, you're going to have a long day against Buffalo because they got Jared Patterson and Kevin Marks there uh, that are going to run the ball down your throat. I mean, Kent State's offense, though, right now, I mean, the numbers that they're putting up are unbelievable. I mean, 616 yards a game, 299 rushing yards a game, 5.8 yards per carry, 52 points per game. I mean, well, you know, I I don't know. I don't know how you stop them. I know Buffalo has a a great defense. They have a lot of talent, a lot of veteran leadership on that defense. But Sam, man, I don't know how you stop this Golden Flash's offense right now. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I think all you need to know is that they're setting the over under on 67 and a half, which essentially means 34 and 33 points each, essentially, if you divide it by two, which is insane on its own right, which I think, I think has the makings to be a great matchup. 
But when you have two great offenses go at it against each other, it always seems to disappoint in the back of my mind. Jarrett Patterson and uh, Kevin Marks versus Dustin Crump. Dustin Crump's had an unbelievable year. The two Buffalo running backs, unbelievable year. On the defensive side of the ball, I think I saw Malcolm Koontz from Buffalo get that Reese's Senior Bowl invite as well. So congrats to him as well. I'm, I'm just real excited because – I, if I'm not mistaken, you had Buffalo going undefeated the rest of the season, and I had Kent State the rest of the season going undefeated. So, I mean, I, th- I think we could – I think, Zach, this may be a bit of a reach because we still got two more weeks after, after this. But I think the winner of this is basically the, the MAC East champion heading to Detroit. I don't, think, I don't think that's an exaggeration at all, Sam. I think I agree with that completely. Uh, because I mean, obviously Miami, Ohio already lost to Buffalo. Um, they've they've lost a game to to um, to you know uh, suspension as well. So um, they're already down a game. I, I you know they I guess if they beat Kent State, I, their only hope would be Kent State to win this game and then they beat Kent State. But I still, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is de facto Mackey's title game, and you know it's going to be the, the you know strength on strength strength here. Uh, you know, Kent State first in the league in total offense and scoring offense and uh, Buffalo first in the league in uh, scoring defense and third in total defense. So um, it's going to be who, who can ex- out execute who better. Um, honestly, given how I, th- I think these two teams talent wise are very close. So I think, um, you know, if you're going to give me a, over a touchdown with Golden State or with Golden State, with, mm-hmm. with Kent State, um, then, uh, you know, I think I, I would take the points there. I don't necessarily think Kent State wins this game, though. Um, I'm going to go b- Buffalo by like, I'll say Buffalo by a field goal. I'm going to go like 34-31 Bulls. Yeah, I think considering the fact that I had Kent State going on the field, I have to take Kent State. Plus <laughs> that's cool. That's fair. But but at the same time, I do believe in Dustin Crum. The the matter of fact is, not only has he just impressed me, has this Kent State offense impressed me with the way that Dustin Crum, it's how he's doing it. It's so efficiently. It's not mm-hmm. that he's throwing it 50 times down the field. They still mix in the run game. Their run game super effective. So it's not like Dustin Crum – has been put up these numbers with just ridiculous throwing stats. Like he's basically doing another Caleb Ellaby where he's not having to throw a lot. He's super efficient with the ball. I think he started out what the Bowling Green, like 17 of 17, 200 yards and like three touchdowns. That's insane. So to see how this, I'm I'm curious how this Buffalo defense is going to figure out this offense. We haven't seen really anybody stop this, as you mentioned, Kent State, offense so i don't know it's anybody's guess if you're interested in watching it it will be saturday 12 uh, p.m on cbs sports network i'm sure i'll be tuning into this game even though ball states on at the same time which we'll touch on in a minute but yeah kent state buffalo should be a really good matchup come saturday yeah for sure i think it's game of the year thus far uh in the mac um definitely going to be appointment television for me sam i will be uh, planted firmly on my couch at noon on Saturday. And no doubt. And and as I just mentioned, we got the Ball State at Toledo game going on at the same time, 12 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, ESPN 3. Zach, Toledo's favored by eight and a half points, correct? That is correct, yes. What what are your thoughts heading into this game for the, the Rockets and the Cardinals? Well, I think this is a really, really big game for uh, for both teams here, man. I think these are two teams that – 
um, want to win this division and get to Ford Field. And with Western Michigan being 3-0, and um, you know, whichever one of these teams loses this game, you know, if you have two losses, you're, you're pretty much out of it. So um, I think uh, both of these teams come into this game knowing that they need to win this one. Obviously, Toledo uh, is going to have the, the revenge factor on their mind. They haven't forgotten last year's 53-2 or 52-3, to excuse me, uh, blowout that uh, the, the Ball State laid on them in Muncie last year. Um, you know, this is going to be – I, I think this is going to be another game that could have a lot of points, Sam. This is two high-flying offenses, obviously – Ball State loves to run the ball. Caleb Huntley has been incredible uh, through three games. Ball State is uh, second in the conference, or I'm sorry, third in the conference in rushing offense behind only Kent State and Buffalo. So you know um, that they want to run the ball, but uh, they're going up against Toledo. They have the, t the top-ranked rushing defense in the MAC right now. They're only giving up 108.7 yards per game on the ground. So that'll be an interesting matchup. I know, honestly, I think that matchup right there uh, might be deter the you know determine this game if Ball State can run the ball effectively on that Toledo rushing defense, then I think it's very likely uh, that the Cardinals are going to come out on top in this one. Uh, that's a big if though, because like I said, Toledo you know they lead the league in rushing defense for a reason. They've they've been very stout through three weeks. Um, they held Eastern Michigan to 34 yards on 31 carries last week. So um, you know the uh, the Cardinals offensive line will have their their work cut out for them there. Obviously, though, uh, on Toledo's uh, on the offensive side of the ball, they're they're you know they they have quite a uh, quite a bit of firepower there as well. There's some questions at quarterback. Eli Peters got hurt last week, and Carter Bradley came in for the second half. Um, they haven't said yet whether Eli Peters will be back this week, so you don't know which guy you're going to get. But Carter Bradley filled in quite capably last week, uh, throwing two touchdowns in the second half. So Sam, um, this is another one where I, I don't necessarily know if if Ball State will win this game. Um, but I mean, if you're going to give me more than a touchdown here, I think these teams are pretty, pretty evenly matched. Um, I, I, I think uh, I'll, I'll give this one to Toledo just because of home field advantage and, you know, getting to play in the glass bowl. But I think this is another game that's, you know, a, a field goal game. Yeah, this if if Eli Peters doesn't manage to play, this will kind of hurt because this would be the second year in a row Ball State's had to play Toledo with a backup quarterback. Last year, we did beat them 52 to 14, but again, it was a backup quarterback. It was homecoming week. Like it was, it was just bad for Toledo all around. And I'm going to be honest, sitting at two and one, I should be a lot happier with this team performance, but they're just underwhelming to me. Like we shouldn't have lost to a backup quarterback. We snuck out a win against Eastern Michigan and against a winless Northern Illinois team. Like how, how am I as a Cardinals fan supposed to be excited about this season? I understand we still have a chance to go to Detroit, which always is is a good thing. We've got our work cut out for you. Not only Toledo, where we're eight and a half point underdogs, where Vegas is basically saying we don't have much of a chance. And then we've got Central Michigan and Western Michigan, who we both know these those two teams have done really good this season. So as a Cardinals fan, seeing what they've done this season so far, letting 25 points to a uh, Northern Illinois offense that has struggled this season, not to mention just, I don't know. It just seems underwhelming this season. I expected better, bigger and better things out of this Cardinals team and they just haven't delivered. Now on the Toledo side, I think Toledo has to win out to maintain, to kind of say they didn't 
go below their expectations this year. Everybody had them going six and zero, winning the MAC West or whatnot. And with that one loss against Western Michigan, whether the the they they had a um, whistle or not is is beside the point. You should have covered that fake spike and whatnot. So Toledo's mindset is win out. Obviously, don't just if if you get two losses, I think you consider this season a failure of Toledo. And you've got to get it done come Saturday against Ball State. Yeah, I think both teams are coming into this game with the mindset that, that you know, they have to win out, uh, you know, if they want to reach their goal. I think they, they're they both kind of, you know, in that same mentality there for sure. Yeah, I think uh, obviously monitoring that quarterback situation at Toledo is going to be pretty paramount to this one. Um, you know, Peters being out uh, certainly hurts. But like I said, Carter Bradley did um, acquit himself well in the second half last week. So I, I don't necessarily think the Rockets offense will be lost without, with, uh, you know, with Eli Peters sideline on the bench. I think Ball State's defense is, you know, this is another chance for them to kind of step up. They've been a little bit of a disappointment through, um, through three weeks, you know, they're giving up over 31 points a game and you know, over 430 yards per game. Um, so I think, you know, they have a chance here. Uh, Toledo is going to come in with, uh, you know, a high powered passing attack. And you also got Brian Kobach and Shakif Seymour in the backfield. So uh, another tall task for, for the Cardinals defense this weekend, Sam. No doubt. And for our final football uh, game of the week, we've got Miami out Akron, 14 and a half point favorites in Miami. Zach, uh, if you want to quickly break down uh, your reactions before we move on to basketball. Yeah, the one thing about this game that you you, you can't know is, uh, you know, is, is Russ going to be a factor for Miami? You know, we didn't really talk about that with Ohio, but you could say this for Ohio, too. You know, obviously their games got canceled last week as they were playing each other. So, you know, they haven't played in two weeks. So, um, you know, going to be interesting to see that. You combine that with the travel going up to Akron. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if, you know, Miami comes out of the gates a little bit slow in this one. But like you said, Sam, they, they are favored by two touchdowns. Um, Miami looking to bounce back from that 42-10 beatdown against Buffalo two weeks ago. They, they still have a sour taste in their mouth from that one. Um, Kent, or I'm sorry, Akron coming off of two straight weeks where, um, you know, they, they showed some signs of life. There, there were some competitive things that they did uh, the last two weeks against Ohio and Kent State. Obviously, I mean, you know, the, on defense, you know, you give up 69 points. That, that's not great, and, and, and you got to improve some things there. But they did put up 35 points against Kent State last week. They've definitely found themselves a running back. Teon Dollard uh, has 66 carries for 434 yards and four touchdowns through three games, though. It does bear mentioning that all four of those touchdowns came last week. He did have himself a monster game against the, uh, the Golden Flashes uh, with 28 carries for 202 yards and, like I said, four touchdowns. So, um, Sam, the, the thing here is going to be, I think Akron kind of found their identity uh, last time out. Uh, you know, they're going to run the ball with Dollard and just mix in some play action pass and some run pass option stuff with Zach Gibson. Um, Miami's going to have to stop the run if, if they want to do that. They're seventh in the league right now in rush defense, giving up 187 yards a game. I think Akron um, is continuing that, you know, they seem like they're getting better every week. I think this is an opportunity for them this week against the team. Um, you know, Akron's going to try and run the ball. Miami has an average rushing defense. I think Akron has a chance to have some success here on offense. Um, I think they're going to keep this one close. I think Akron almost gets a victory here in this one, but I think Miami ultimately squeaks one, uh, squeaks a victory out here. Yeah. 
I think I'm with you. And, and I, I had this um, interesting idea that I think Akron, despite their 0-3 record, is, I would say, I would say probably the second 0-3 team out of it. I would say they're behind Eastern Michigan. But looking at the season, I don't think you can really take it as a disappointment if you're uh, an Akron fan by any means. Of course, you don't want to be 0-3. But when you look at how they've done it, You've, you've got to be somewhat happy. Of course, week one, terrible, 58-13. We've seen how good Western Michigan is. But to have that game against Ohio, and then I believe it was probably, what what would you say, probably through through halftime, they kept up with that Penn, that Kent State team. I think has to yeah. make you feeling good as an Akron fan. Now you've got Miami, Ohio, who has had two weeks to prepare, and – who, who knows? I I, I want to say, Zach, you could correct me if I'm wrong. Gabbard's probably returning, I would assume, right? I, I would assume so as well. I, I haven't seen any official word on that yet, but I, I would assume so as well, yes. Yeah, so even, even if it's Mayer or Gabbard starting, I think Akron has a good chance maybe not to win this game, but at least cover the 14 and a half points. Miami hasn't looked the best, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They've the, the two games they played this season, they just didn't look phenomenal at all. First against Ball State, and then um, that uh, Buffalo game you mentioned earlier. So I think as an Akron fan, you have a good shot, not necessarily to win, but I think to keep building on the bright spots you've had this season and then move, uh, move forward uh, into next season with. Yeah, I agree with that completely, Sam. I think Akron, um, if you're an Akron fan, you've seen some very encouraging things over the past uh, two weeks from uh, from the squad. And, you know, I think it, it gives you confidence that Tom Arth is, is doing the right things to, to build this program back up to respectability. No doubt. And before we move on to basketball, if you're looking for some beers to watch while watching the basketball games, we're here to help with Belt's Beer Garden. Every week, our very own Dave Drury tastes craft beer from around the country and breaks down the profiles like a true expert sommelier. Check out HustleBelt.com every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern for his latest recommendation or follow on Instagram at Belt's Beer Garden for 24-7 updates. And now with that being said, Zach, we've got one two three four uh five the buffalo again game got canceled so we're still at four five six seven eight nine games if you want to uh quickly break down who's playing who yeah so uh everyone you know is it's that time of year college basketball is starting um i love college basketball sam i know you love hoops as well we're, we're really looking forward to to being able to um, watch some hoops here over the next couple of days. So um, tomorrow, Wednesday is the first day of college basketball season, and most of the MAC is in action. Um, as Sam mentioned, Buffalo was scheduled to open their season tomorrow against uh, Division II Gannon. That game was canceled uh, here just in the last couple of hours, though. But uh, for tomorrow's matchups, uh, we have uh, North Dakota taking on Miami at Miami. That game's at one o'clock on ESPN three. Akron taking on Middle Tennessee at two o'clock. Toledo takes on Bradley at three. Bowling Green tra uh, travels up to Ann Arbor, take on the Wolverines uh, at four o'clock at the Chrysler Center on ESPN2. Eastern Michigan travels up the road to uh, East Lansing to take on Michigan State at six o'clock on Big Ten Network. Uh, the Ball State travels down to Northern Kentucky to take on uh, the Norse at six o'clock on ESPN three 
Western Michigan travels down to Indianapolis to take on Butler. Uh, Ohio takes on Chicago State and uh, Northern Illinois takes on Illinois Chicago at home at seven o'clock. So a lot of good games there, uh, Sam, a lot of good mid-major on mid-major games. Um, any games there out of that group that you're uh, specifically looking forward to? I think it's it's simple, really. You got Bowling Green at Michigan. You have the best of the conference traveling to Michigan. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Ball State plays uh, for their second game, Michigan as well. So Michigan building that kind of uh, MAC relationship. But I think it's simple. Uh, Bowling Green's favored to be the best of the MAC traveling to Michigan. They've got Juwan Howard. They've got a squad up in Michigan. Who, who doesn't want to watch that? I know I'm ready for it. It is 4, p, uh, 4 p.m. Uh, tomorrow. So I'll be, I'm sure I'll be watching it. Like, I, I'm not sure there's more to say from that matchup. Yeah, that will be a great one. Um, you know, everyone's excited to watch Bowling Green this year after uh, Justin Turner announced that he was coming back and you got, um, you know, uh, Daquan Plowden coming back as well. So Definitely a, a high-flying team to watch there. You know, I'm looking forward to uh, actually the the other uh, Power Five matchup there. I'm looking forward to see Eastern Michigan travel up to East Lansing to take on uh, the Spartans. Uh, Eastern Michigan uh, made this same trip last year. Didn't go so well for them. They lost 101 to 48 uh, against Michigan State and, and Tom Izzo's squad. So I'm hoping that Eastern Michigan uh, this year can uh, have a little bit more luck uh, looking forward to, to seeing them compete against a Big Ten team. I'm always looking for. I always like watching MAC teams play Big Ten teams in, in every sport, but basketball especially. I, I, I love watching uh, mid-major basketball. So uh, looking really looking forward, just generally speaking, to, to watching uh, you know basketball here over the next couple of days. It's a great time of the year to be a sports fan. Yeah, no doubt. And we were going to run through each kind of preview of each matchup, but just for time constraints, we're just going to cut it there. Uh, Zach, is there any final thoughts? We covered the, the general news segment. We covered the Twitter, uh, Twitter question. We went through each football game happening, and then we gave our kind of basketball game to watch for tomorrow. Any final thoughts, Zach? No, man. I just, uh, you know, like I said, I'm just excited uh, for the time of year right now. It's Thanksgiving. We got football all day on Thursday, college basketball starting again. It's just, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, having football and basketball going here at the same time for the next few weeks. We're going to have a lot to talk about, man. No doubt. I, I think, uh, I, I think everybody was kind of disappointed when there wasn't any action today. Cause today's Tuesday, yeah. uh, last three weeks, there was some sort of action going on, but we, now we've got basketball and football. So maybe there won't be football one day, but we've got basketball coming in and not to mention, March Madness is coming to my hometown, Indianapolis, Indiana. So I'm excited for that. At least see one MAC team in there, if not two. Hopefully we can get a two-team uh, bid this year. But, yeah, I'm just excited for uh, basketball coming back. Yeah, me too, man. Looking forward to it. Unfortunately, I think uh, Penn State's going straight back to the bottom of the Big Ten this year. But uh, other than that, I think college basketball, there's going to be uh, – there. I know there's some, uh, some great games here over the next couple of days. I think uh, – what I know, I think Gonzaga's playing. Uh, are they playing Kansas or, or or Kentucky? I don't know. Gonzaga's playing someone uh, these next couple of days. There's, there's a lot of good matchups here in the next couple uh, next couple of days. So uh, great couple of days for sports. Uh, obviously Thanksgiving. I'm gonna eat way too much, uh, watch way too much sports, not do anything physically active. Hmm. You know, 
it's that time of year, you know. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, we wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully nothing sh just earth-shattering breaks between now and Friday where I've got my fingers hope, uh, fingers crossed, because let's be honest, me and both you, me and Zach, uh, we, we really, like, as much as we love this podcast, we love our families more, unfortunately, at the end of the day, and we want to spend <laughs> yeah. time with them. So hopefully nothing earth-shattering happens and we can just get this week without any cancellations or whatnot. But yeah, as you said, as you said, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. If you want to keep up to date with us at Mac underscore bandwagon, we just hit 2000 plays. So big shout outs to you guys. We're playing some special within the next couple of weeks, but it's not definitely not going to be this week. And it's not, it's probably going to be between now and Christmas, Christmas week sometime. We'll figure it out. We'll let you know. Cause we're, we're greatly appreciative of, um, your support so far on this podcast episode 21 that's that's it for this episode for zach folly i'm sam Fillman. we'll talk to you guys next friday